Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Totally Biased NBA podcast. Today it is October first, twenty twenty, and it is nine thirty four p.m. And、uh, in this episode, I am going to talk a little bit more about the Celtics off season. In the previous two episodes, I've started to talk about、uh, some draft ideas and some trade ideas for the Celtics. And、uh, in this episode, I'm going to start uh, talking about uh, free agency ideas. Now, when it comes to draft and trade ideas, there's going to be like way more than just one episode about them. I'm going to continue talking about those aspects of the off season、uh, in the future episodes and like a lot of future episodes. Because there's a lot of possibilities surrounding those two areas. Because I, you know, the Celtics have three draft picks in the first round, fourteen, twenty six, and thirty, and the Celtics have plenty of trade pieces and just simply a lot of ideas to you know go over with regards to trading. However, free agency for the Celtics is a totally different story because next season,、uh, assuming Gordon Hayward opts into his player option, which is thirty four million dollars, and All reports signifies that he,、uh, all reports seems to report that he is going to opt into this player option. So assuming he does, that will put the Celtics at around 140 million dollars in cap, and that is well over the salary cap, and that is well into the luxury tax as well. So the Celtics wouldn't be able to spend any real money on anyone. So that limits pretty much the possibility of signing a good free agent, and.、Uh, You know, the only thing the Celtics have is a small mid-level exception. It's not even the full mid-level exception because the Celtics will be over the、uh, luxury tax, so they won't. They will have to pay the, you know, the taxpayer mid-level, which is like about only five point seven million dollars. It's not a lot of money at all, and、uh, the only other choice is the Celtics can sign players with uh, the uh, uh, the league minimum deal, which. Come on, like who can you sign for a league minimum?、Uh, league minimum, like you can't sign anyone good with that. You can only sign, say, hopefully contributing pieces to the team. So, again,、uh, recounting the needs for for the Celtics this off season,、uh, we need a veteran big man, and we need shooting and bench scoring. And、uh, I mentioned earlier, I personally am not a big fan of getting a. Big man in the draft because they take way too long to develop. And the Celtics, even though the players are young, they don't have that much time anymore because Kemba Walker is thirty-one, Gordon Hayward is turning thirty-one next March. So realistically, we don't have a lot of time on our hands, and we need to really win now. So because I don't think big man is a great way to go in this draft, what I'm thinking in this draft is more, let's say, a shooter like a Aaron A. Smith,、uh, Desmond Bain. Uh, Sadiq Bay,、uh, Tyrell Terry, or say just a scoring point guard, or maybe trade up, trade up with Cole Anthony or something like that. So realistically, the main source for a big man would be technically through the trade, right? We can trade, we can flip some of our pieces for a veteran big, or even for like an above average big man. For example, the Miles Turner trade idea I threw out yesterday. Speaking of which, it's very interesting because yesterday I mentioned how I didn't want Oladipo, and、uh, how Oladipo was involved in these rumors, and I really didn't want him because I don't think he would be like that much of an upgrade over Hayward, if at all. And、uh, just like that, yesterday,、uh, 
Oladipo announced pretty much over like an Instagram live video that he had no idea why people are speculating he wants to leave Indiana. Apparently, all the reports about him being unhappy in Indiana is false. And the so probably the Celtics trade is not going to happen, which, to be honest, hooray. Because really, I would be pissed if the Celtics trade for Oladipo. Because Oladipo doesn't fit in this team in any fashion. So, with all that said, uh, let's look at how what we can do in the free agency. Because I think the free agency is also a good place for the Celtics to acquire one of those veteran bigs that can play decent and maybe an upgrade over Daniel Tice. So, this year the free agency is not super stacked. Uh, like the best two players are Anthony Davis and Brandon Ingram. And that's a little underwhelming per se. And also, Anthony Davis is definitely going to re-sign with the Lakers. Brandon Ingram is definitely going to get a max from the Pelicans. And the one we look at the uh, when we look down the list, we have Demar Derozan, which come on, the Celtics is not going to most definitely not going to take Demar Derozan. And he also have a player option, a pretty big one. So there's no way he's actually going to opt out. Andre Drummond, same for Andre Drummond. Uh, Gordon Hayward, he's probably going to opt in. Danilo Gallinari, there's no way the Celtics can afford Danilo Gallinari because he's going to command like about a $20 million contract because he's one of the best shooters uh, for a big man. Uh, Mike Conley, mm-hmm. nope, not Mike Conley. He's not going to be able to sign for mid-level, so I'm not going to entertain that idea. Fred and lead Montres Harrell, same same difference. Uh, now, Davis Berton- Davis Bertans is a player that I really want. I've been... I've been a big fan of Davis Bertans ever since he was like he had a breakout year with the Spurs like two seasons, three seasons ago. However, there's no way the Celtics can afford him because he had such a great season, and he's probably going to command high teens, uh, low twenties on the free agency market to like a team with a crap load of cap space, like the Hawks or the Knicks or somewhere like that. And uh, he's not like even if he takes a discount to be with a contender, there's no way he takes it like a that big of a discount and sign for like the mid level. Uh, Christian Wood, I mean, even though Christian Wood got COVID, he before he got COVID and before this whole shutdown, he was like an emerging superstar. At least that's how he played like. And probably yeah, no way he signs for mid level. Malik Beasley is also a free agent. He's a great bench scoring piece, but he's a restricted free agent, and I don't see anyone not matching a mid-level exception contract offer, so probably not going to get him. Serge Ibaka, uh, he's old now, but he's still going to command mid-teens million-dollar money, so Celtics not going to afford him. Bogdan Bogdanovich, he's a restricted free agent. Like, all restricted free agents, I'm not even going to look at because no matter who we're going to sign, the other team is definitely going to match a mid-level exception offer. Like, every single team can afford that. Uh, Jordan Clarkson is a very interesting piece. Now, he is basically, I think, one of the best six-man in the league. He might not. He definitely, I don't think he will sign for mid-level, but I think we can, it's, it's a very interesting thing to look, talk, talk about. Goran Dragic, uh, I mentioned how I feel really bad for Goran Dragic, which he, he tend to have a, he, he should have like a big payday in this offseason, but I don't know anymore. Otto Porter Jr. has a player option that I don't think he will opt out because it's, it's way higher than the, his market value right now. So he probably opt into his player option with the Bulls. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, he, he plays no defense. Like people talk about how great he is offensively, impact for the Blazers this year, but the the, la- the amount of defense he plays is just a joke. Like, 
he is can still score, but he is old now. Like when he was younger, his defense mainly comes from him being athletic. Because no, no matter how unathletic he looks, Carmelo Anthony has been one of the most athletic scorers this you know this era. And without his athleticism, his defense right now, when he's in his old age, is pretty much garbage. Quite frankly, it's like literally he has a foot speed of Ennis Cantor as a forward. So let's, yeah, I'm not gonna entertain that. Evan Fournier has a player option, and I don't think Evan Fournier signs for the mid level. Aaron Baines. Now, Aaron Baines, I think the Celtics should target because Aaron Baines, even though he had a great year, he is a little injury prone, and I think teams wouldn't want to spend that much money on him. So if the Celtics put a convincing offer for Aaron Baines, like telling him about our plans for contention and trying to lure him back, I think Aaron Baines will be willing to sign a mid level. So I think Aaron Baines would be one of those top options that I'm thinking about. Derek Favors is going to be a perfect fit for the Celtics because Derek Favors is a very great defensive center. And uh, however, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be able to sign for a mid level. So, you know, it would be great if the Celtics get him. Marcus Saul has already signed with, uh, you know, Barcelona in Spain, so he's leaving the NBA. Jeremy Grant, he's gonna, yeah, no, no way we get him with a mid level. Tim Hardaway Jr. No, just no. I've seen enough Tim Hardaway Jr. games to know that he's basically like Marcus Smart. He chucks shots, like he gets in, he he makes a three, and then he proceeds to try seven more. Except he doesn't have the defense of Marcus Smart, so he doesn't make up for it. Joe Harris, a great shooter. No way he signs for $5.7 million. Marcus Morris, I'm not even going to look at. Paul Millsap, no way. $5.7 million. If we can get Paul Millsap for $5.7 million, Danny Ainge is a pretty, it's a really good GM. Kenny Olenek, uh, he has a player option. He's definitely going to take that player option. It's like $20 million, right? Dario Sarge is a restricted free agent, so I'm not going to talk about him. Dwight Howard. Now, that's very interesting because even though I think Dwight Howard is probably going to resign with the Lakers, if he doesn't resign with the Lakers, I think the Celtics should really entertain getting Dwight Howard. Because Dwight Howard showed this year he can still move and he can still play defense. And even though he's very one-dimensional on the offensive end, we don't really need him to be more than one-dimensional on the offensive end because the Celtics played pretty well with Rob Williams, who's pretty much one-dimensional on the offensive end. And we really have a lot of scoring options, too many scoring options to need a center who can really score, right? And uh, so I think Dwight Howard offers just enough. I think if the Celtics can lure him away from the Lakers, absolutely go sign him. Now, Tristan Thompson is the person I am most high on this entire, this entire offseason. I, I don't know if Tristan Thompson will be willing to sign for $5.7 million, but... Tristan Thompson, I think, is a, another perfect fit for the Celtics. Because Tristan Thompson, he can play defense. He, he can play defense, and he, he, can, he can give a lot of very good big men a lot of trouble. Because Tristan Thompson, it's very ironic, because we faced Joel Embiid in the playoffs. We faced Giannis in the playoffs. We faced uh, a lot of different really elite bigs in the playoffs. But Al Horford, during his tenure with the Celtics, struggled the most with Tristan Thompson. And I think that says a lot about Tristan Thompson. And also, on the defensive end, Tristan Thompson pretty much shut down Al Horford for all the Cavs series, which I think is really impressive because during those Cavs series, Al Horford was technically our best or second best player. So I think, if you really think about it, Tristan Thompson will be perfect for the Celtics in that he plays really good defense, and he's also not an absolute dud on the offensive end. 
if we can get him for the mid-level, I think that will be probably be my number one option, this free agency. So DeMarcus Cousins is pretty much damaged goods at this point, so I'm not going to think about it. Isaiah Thomas is... I would love to sign IT with a league min. He's going to be like a microwave kind of player. A player we toss in when we need a bucket. I don't know if IT still want to come back to Boston after the absolute stab in the back that Danny Ainge did. But if he comes back, I would be very happy about it. Austin Rivers has a player option that he's probably going to take. And as Kander, he has a $5 million player option. I don't know if he's going to take that to stay with the Celtics. But I also don't see him getting any anything higher on the open market. So I, th- I think he probably stays, and we can probably trade him. We don't need Jeff Teague, because Jeff Teague is he's just not great anymore. Hassan Whiteside, no. He's just not. He, he's, he's like, he has the work ethic of Joel Embiid, which is really bad, and he doesn't have anywhere close to the talent of Joel Embiid. Hassan Whiteside, when he plays, when he plays in, say, in a game, he's going to be absolutely focused and be... A great defensive player, be a great offensive player for about five minutes out of the entire, say, 20 minutes he plays. So, no. Bobby Portis has a team option. I don't see the Knicks signing anyone this offseason. So, probably going to give the Bobby Portis his team option. Uh, the Anthony Melton's restricted free agent, neither do I really want him. We don't, we don't, need, the, we don't need the Anthony Melton. We are not in need of a small point guard. Uh, Harry Giles is a very interesting option. I don't even want to offer a mid-level because Harry Giles has been so injury-prone, and he's obviously not the same player that was a number one player coming out of high school that he used that he was. I mean, Jason Tatum's good friend with Harry Giles, but Harry Giles, even though he has such great upside on defensive end and offensive end as well, he has been hurt so many times, and he has pretty much. They've been very disappointing, even when Kings drafted him very late in the first round. So, honestly, I would I would take Harry Giles on the minimum contract just to kind of uh, develop him. But I don't see I don't see the Celtics spending their mid level on Harry Giles, and also I don't see Harry Giles be willing to sign a um, league minimum contract. So I don't think I want Harry Giles on this team just to take a shot at a young player. In a change of scenery, but I'm not sure if they can reach a uh, reach a consensus with the Celtics on this one. Jakob uh, Jakob Foto, he's a restricted free agent, so now you're going to talk about it. Svi Mikaluk, he is a great shooter out of the Pistons, and in the one game we lost to the Pistons, I think in uh, I think in January, pretty sure he made like eight threes or something ridiculous like that. He's a great shooter. He has a team option, so probably. In I think they definitely, they definitely gonna exercise that team option on him because he seems like, he seems like the mini Luke Kennard for them, which is pretty nice. Jay Crowder, I, I, I dislike Jay Crowder with a passion. I don't think he's gonna contribute for the Celtics. He might because he can shoot threes now, but I don't think. I think he probably stays with the uh, Heat. And after what he did this offseason, like this postseason, I think he's probably gonna command more than mid level. Nerlens Noel, if the Celtics can get Nerlens Noel with a mid level, I'll be very happy as well. But I would prefer Tristan Thompson. But Norton Sowell is still a very interesting option. DJ Augustine's gonna make more than 5.7. Mason Plumley, he's just such a hole on the offensive end. He's not good enough defensively to make up for that. Uh, Nicholas Batum has a player option. Yeah. Nicholas Batum, no way Nicholas Batum is gonna turn down one of the biggest overpays ever. Reggie Jackson, 
we don't technically need him, and I don't see him signing for 5.7. Kyle Korver. Now, I would love Kyle Korver. Kyle Korver is my favorite non-Celtics player of all time because Kyle Korver is such an amazing shooter. He is magical. And I know, I know, I know no one agrees me, agree with me on this, but I think Kyle Korver is the best shooter in our era. I know there's Steph Curry. I know there's Clay Thompson. I know people are going to hate me for this, and I agree. I think, objectively speaking, yeah, probably, uh, definitely uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are better shooters, but like from my own opinion, it's just pretty sentimental because I've seen uh, Kyle Korver. I had the honor of seeing one of the Kyle Korver games live in 2015 in Atlanta. And he just, it's very enchanting the way he can just change a game. Of course, as I said, again, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson can do the same thing, but it's just because I got to sell, I got to see Kyle Korver do that live. It's very inspiring and one of my favorite players of all time, my favorite non Celtics of all time. So if we can get Kyle Korver on, on the minimum deal, I think it will be great. I mean, he's like 40, but he can still shoot. And really, his job description doesn't require him to do anything that will need any athleticism. So I think. Him being 40 is not going to be a huge deal. He can still shoot a little bit. He didn't shoot that great, but he also didn't shoot bad this season. So a league minimum deal for Kyle Korver. Definitely worth it. Michael K. Gilchrist, I'm not even going to entertain it. Avery Bradley has a player option that he will take. Now, Ronnie Hood, I think he has a player option and he will take that too. Because of his injury, I think no one's going to give him more than that. Kenrick Williams, no. He's a restricted free agent and just no. Josh Jackson is an interesting project because... Well, it's Josh Jackson, right? He had supposedly a re, kind of like a renaissance. Like he kind of had like a revived his career a little bit in the February. But there's a good video uh, on the internet by um, Sporting Illogically, a great YouTube channel that I suggest you guys to check out if you're a big basketball fan. He talked about the Josh Jackson effect where jo- the only reason Josh Jackson was able to sh- like kind of inflate his stashy a little bit is because he was on a team that was not that, not 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 that serious, on uh, playing. You know, let me rephrase this. He was on a team that had a lot of minutes to give to players because of injuries or all that. So he was the beneficiary of that and got a lot more touches. So we saw his stats grow. We saw his stats kind of inflate. Saw his scoring increase and all that. And however, his efficiency didn't really change. So really, when we look at it. It seems like his stats increase is directly related to his minutes increase, which means he's still not a better player than he was. So technically, Josh Jackson still isn't great. And he has a lot of character issues that made him a bust in the first place. Again, if he's willing to sign a minimum, I think, you know, why not take a chance on Josh Jackson? Because he's a great defensive player. He was, I think coming into the draft, he was scouted to be the best defensive player in the draft. Like I was, I, I, a lot of people thought the Celtics were going to take Josh Jackson at three instead of Tatum, and also people think he was a way better defender than like even Adebayo, uh, out of Kentucky, and he was scouted to be like next Kawhi Leonard. So if we really want to develop him, yeah, sign him for a minimum, and if he accepts, perfect. Uh, Javon Carter, no, we don't need another undersized point guard. Juan Hernan Gomez, he's a restricted free agent, so no chance. Mario Hazonia, player option, definitely going to accept it. Chris Boucher, there's no way uh, Raptors going to let go of Chris Boucher because Chris Boucher seems like he has a bright future. Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson, he doesn't provide much. 
he's a mediocre. He's like a he's fire nice kind of. I mean, when he's when he's fire, he's not even like hot. He just can give you decent minutes, and when he's cold, he just he will burden you on both ends of the floor. Alonzo Trier was so good two seasons ago, two seasons ago with the Knicks, but he's an undersized scoring guard that actually I think the Celtics can offer a minimum to.、Uh, Chandler Parsons, haha, not even gonna talk about it. Andre Robertson, Andre Robertson, I think it's a good defensive player, but he had that injury, and I don't I don't know if he's nearly as good as defense anymore. Alec Burks, ooh, Alec Burks is actually I'm really high on Alec Burks because he scored. He was a great scorer this season. When he was on the Warriors, he was their best scorer outside of D'Angelo Russell when Steph Curry was hurt. And he, I think, he can sign for a minimum. I think the Celtics can lure him away with a minimum. And I would love, love, love Alec Burks. Langston Galloway, I'm not sure. I don't think he helps the Celtics in any way. Kind of like a hole. Kind of like a he kind of creates like a scoring hole where he's gonna shoot, try to shoot the ball way too many times. Javale McGee has a player option, and I don't think the Lakers let him go. Michael Carter Williams, he is damaged goods at this point. Ken Bazemore, same difference. Markeith Morris, yeah, damaged goods. Matthew Dellavedova, we don't need him. We really don't. He's no longer the Delhi that we used to know and love. KCP, I don't think the Lakers let go of him. Mo Harkless, Mo Harkless is one of those players that is a. I mean, he sounds perfect on paper. He's a three and D wing, right? The three and D big, but he's he's he shoots way worse than what his percentage suggests. Like his percentage, I'm pretty sure last season shot like thirty seven percent. This season, I think it's like mid thirties. But he's not that good of a shooter. Like all those his shots are open threes, and he doesn't even make them on a consistent clip. So that's that. Pat Connaughton, I don't think the Celtics can get him. I really don't think the Celtics can get him for a minimum. Marco Bellinelli, ooh. I don't know if the Celtics can get him with a minimum. That's one of the my favorite shooters because he is Marco Bellinelli will make all the difficult threes, all the off balance BS threes that you will be like yelling at your TV for for him from、uh, when he like makes them or when he misses them. It's a bunch of dumb shots. Like he makes all kinds of dumb shots. If you search on Marco Bellinelli highlights with the Spurs, he makes all the dumb, stupid shots, like all the ridiculous shots that you don't see him going in, and he misses a huge amount of open threes. He misses a ridiculous amount of open threes for as good of a shooter as his percentage suggests. Frank Kaminsky team option, yeah. Myers Leonard, nope. Myers Leonard is basically Ennis Cantor with a three point shot. Justin Holiday, yeah, he's a good three and D player, but again, no way he signs for a minimum. Chris Dunn's restricted play,、uh, free agent, not happening.、Uh, Rondo's a player option, not happening. Evan Turner's. Nope. Torrey Craig, restricted free agent, not happening. Thumbmaker. He not only is he a restricted free agent, he's also pretty much out of this league at this point. Stanley Johnson's restricted free agent, so not happening. Brent Forbes is going to command low more than just a minimum. Uh, Jonah Bolden, don't even know who that is. Dragon Bender is a bust, like a certified bust at this point. I guess you can give him like a two-way spot just to develop him and see if he can like resurrect his career. But yeah, he's pretty much done at this point. Uh, Shabazz Napier, Cameron Payne, Jakar Sampson, like this level of players that I'm about to, you know, give and、uh, provide. These kind of these player names are relevant. Say even like two years ago, right now they're kind of just, you know, 
they're not good anymore. And uh, they're kind of, no matter how much you sign them for, they're kind of like a waste of roster spot. Uh, Tolliver, Tolliver, hmm, Tolliver is like Harkless, but can shoot a little worse and can defend a little better. Marvin Williams, if you can get him on a min, I guess, but he didn't really play great. Raul Neto, nah. Mike Muscala has a player option that he will definitely take. Gary Temple, team option. Wesley Matthews, he's being overpaid right now, so definitely taking that player option. Base Mappy Youngbook can sign for more than a min. Brandon Knight, yeah, damage good at this point. Robin Lopez has a very interesting player option. Uh, but yeah, he's going to take it. JJ Barea, Ma Shumper, yeah. Now, the last bit of players I'm just going to breeze over. Uh, Gary Payton the second. Nope. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier. Nope. Michael Green. Player option. Not going to happen. DeMarco Carroll. Good small forward. Jeff Green. Jeff Green is very, very interesting. I think I'll take him for a minimum, but, you know, I don't know if he signs for it. Uh, Dwayne Bacon. Restricted. Not going to happen. Wilson Chandler. Nope. He's old. Chris Chioza is going to be still on the, uh, still on the Nets. Uh, probably. Glenn Robinson the third, damaged goods. Derek Jones Jr. is gonna resign probably gonna sign a smaller contract, probably still with the Heat. Wesley Wundu, restricted free agent, don't even know who that is. Siobhan Graham, don't need him. David Nwaba, team option. Gabriel restricted free agent, not gonna happen. CJ Miles, uh if this was 2015, I would take CJ Miles, but this is not 2015 anymore. It is 2020, so not gonna take CJ Miles. Dion Waiters, again, same difference. If it was 2015, I would take him, but right now it's not 2015 anymore. It's 2020. Not gonna take him. Take him. Same for James Johnson and Etwan Moore. Solomon Hill, nope. Uh, Isaiah Hardenstein, like, isn't he a G League player? I don't even know why this list, the list I'm looking at, has him as NBA free agent. Like, he's pretty much been a G League player his entire career. Team Frazier, uh, Tim Frazier's like uh, Alonzo Trier, but worse. Now, this next, there's another, you know, portion of this list that's even worse players than the previous few players I mentioned. I'm just going to say this just to, you know, make this list complete. But I don't see the Celtics signing, quite frankly, any of them. Damian Dotson? Nope. Scarlett Bissier, he's a restricted free agent. Honestly, I, I take that back. Scarlett Bissier might be good for the Celtics, but... Restricted free agent. DeAndre Bembry, restricted free agent, probably gonna stay on the Hawks. Ian Mahimi, he's gonna sign for way more than the min. I don't even know why the hell he is on this tier of players, but this list is low. This list I'm looking at is very low, messed up with their rankings. Corey Brewer should retire two years ago. Yogi Ferrell should probably retire. Caleb Swanigan, I don't even know he's still in the league. Kyle O'Quinn, same. Hamidou Diallo is a developmental piece, but he's gonna stay with the Thunder. Patrick Patterson is going to stay with the Clippers. Good enough 3 D player. Willie Hernan Gomez. I'm not going to mess with any of the Hernan Gomez twins because they're so inconsistent. Denzel Valentine is going to stay with the uh, Bulls. He has a restricted free agent. Uh, Shaquille Harrison. Uh, don't even know who that is. Bruno Caballo. Uh, don't know who that is. Elise Johnson. Don't know who that is. No Vonley was good two years ago. And right now, I don't think this, anyone should take a chance on him. John Henson. Do you guys still remember John Henson? Remember he was once on the Cavs and once on the Bucks? Yeah, no one does anymore, so no. Frank Mason, Jaleel Okafor, Frank Jackson, Sterling Brown, Tyler Johnson, Caden Mallon. Yeah. The rest of the players are pretty much, I can just breeze over, not going to happen. So to summarize, I think the Celtics, I think the number one goal for me 
will be Tristan Thompson. He's the most realistic, in my opinion. He has, he probably can, he might be able to sign for for a mid-level, and I think he will be perfect for this team with the defense and a slightly bit of offense slash rebounding he provides, but mainly for defense and most importantly, championship pedigree. Like, don't get me wrong, the man was a big part of that uh, 20... Uh, 2016-2017 championship team. 2015-2016 championship team. My bad. And he has also been to plenty of finals, albeit being carried by LeBron. But still, that's like experience. It's playoff experience. And he's given the Celtics a lot of trouble. So he's a pretty good player. Aaron Baines, he's a little more injury prone, but he's strong enough. Promise, I think it's worth it. Uh, now, you know, uh, Dwight Howard, if, this, if the Celtics can get him, I guess, but I think he's going to go back to the Lakers. And uh, for the shooters-wise, I would love to give a min to Kyle Korver, but that's a little more sentimental than uh, really realistic because he's not the he's not the Kyle Korver that we know and love. But I think because his skill set is such is so like it's so his skill set doesn't need any athleticism, so I don't think his age is that big of a deal. Isaiah Thomas again, maybe give him a shot, give him a minimum deal if he signs with the Celtics, and he will be like instant scoring off the bench. Nernus Noel would also be the great option, just because Nernus Noel is like a high upside defensive player. I think he can guard pretty much a lot of the bigs in the league. I mean, he's not going to be able to shut down Anthony Davis or the, or like a draw and beat, but no one's going to be able to shut down an Anthony Davis or draw and beat, except for Marcus Saul. Because Marcus Saul, I don't know what happened, but Marcus Saul in the last playoff run, he was just beasting. He shut down Giannis and he shut down Joel Embiid. So, no idea how he did it, but Marcus Saul was good like that. And honestly, looking at this list once more, that's pretty much all the options I'm looking at. So, realistically, I want the Celtics to come out of free agency, spending the mid level on Tristan Thompson, dropping a minimum contract on, say, Kyle Korver. Maybe Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews is actually a very interesting option, but I think he has a play option, so I don't know. But get a shooter with a league minimum, so like Kyle Korver. And I think the Celtics will be pretty set, actually. Pretty set for next year. Uh, because of how little money the Celtics actually have, those two players, I think, is pretty much all I can really ask for. And we can get more shooters in the draft. You, you know, if people are not satisfied with Tristan Thompson, if Danny Ainge is not satisfied with Tristan Thompson, Go, might as well go get another player because, you know, we can trade a lot of people. We have a lot of trade pieces. We have still have a lot of draft picks. And there's a lot of trade opportunities out there that I will entertain in future episodes. So uh, that's pretty much all I got for the free agency, uh, 2020 free agency for uh, the Boston Celtics. Now, recently, uh, this is one of those few interviews that most people don't care about but me as a Celtics fan I mean that's a Celtics junkie I'm not even a Celtics fan anymore more of a Celtics junkie I care about is the extra interview Danny Ainge was able to do I think yesterday uh, yesterday Danny Ainge was basically put in front of the press and was able to give his extra interview for this season now his interview he didn't really give any big information I mean he said all the right things I expect him to say well, I'm going to give a quick highlight of what he, what he said. So um, one of his main first questions was on Kemba Walker's health. Danny Ainge said that they have a full plan for Kemba in the offseason. But uh, he knew, 
like the team knew that Kemba Walker was not 100%. So take that with what you will. But uh, Danny Ainge, when asked about the Celtics overall uh, as a team, he said that everyone learned that the Celtics are not good enough this season. And uh, hopefully that will prompt him to make some moves. Hopefully this sentence, what he just said, means that he's going to make some moves. Uh, when asked about Jason Tatum and the contract extension, uh, Danny Ainge said that, and I quote, we aren't allowed to have those conversations yet, but Jason knows much how much we like him. So I guess that, that means Danny Ainge is going to give Tatum a max. I would be on piss at Danny if he doesn't give Tatum a max. And I think he's, he's a way too good of a GM to not give Tatum a max. Uh, Danny Ainge, when asked about Celtics offseason, said we have some work to do and we need to draft uh, with according to our needs, which I think is pretty funny because, oh, well, like what else are you supposed to say about the offseason? Uh, when asked about the trade deadline last year where a lot of people crapped on Danny Ainge for not making a move, Danny Ainge said the team actually did try to do something at the trade deadline, but still to this day, Danny Ainge said he wouldn't have done anything differently. Uh, last year, when uh, Danny Ainge was asked about Romeo Langford, which is a pretty, pretty polarizing rookie because something he has promised, something he's pretty much a bust. But I think personally, I think he struggled with injuries a lot, so we shouldn't really give him knock him for that. So what Danny Ainge said about Romeo Langford is that he has high expectations for Romeo Langford. He has high hopes for him, and I guess that means he likes Romeo Langford, and I guess Romeo Langford might not be traded this offseason. So that's pretty much all there is to it uh, with the uh, Danny Ainge exit interview that took place yesterday. So that's pretty much all for today's episode. I looked at some Celtics free agency moves that we can make. uh, And uh, that was a really quick two-minute brief look at Danny Ainge's uh, exit interview. Tomorrow's episode will probably be about um, going to be another draft episode because I've entertained a draft episode for shooters. I'm going to entertain another draft episode for another episode of drafting shooters because there's a lot more shooters in this draft. There's a lot of shooters in this draft. So I'm going to do another episode about that. And also I'm going to add into uh, adding another trade idea. I've already provided some trade ideas for Miles Turner and packages around Miles Turner. Uh, I think in the next episode, I'm going to entertain another very popular center uh, center option for the Celtics in Steven Adams. And I'm going to talk about why I don't want to trade for Steven Adams and why I think this is actually might be a good option for the Celtics. It might be a good option, but why I'm personally not super high on it. And I'm going to give some uh, possibilities and packages surrounding Steven Adams. So... Yeah, so to summarize, uh, the next episode will be about what other shooters we can draft uh, in the draft because there's a lot of shooters and uh, some packages for trading for Steven Adams and why I want to and why I don't want to trade for him. So thank you again for tuning into this episode of the Totally Biased NBA podcast. If you like this episode, please give us a five-star rating or subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And uh, I will see you guys tomorrow.